Springfield, Ohio, 1958. Why not me? Where is Santa Claus? I watched these young kids my age playing drums on television. Now and then, Cubby O'Brien would play on the Mickey Mouse Club. Little Ricky played drums on the I Love Lucy show. They could do it. Why not me? I continued to wait patiently each year for Santa Claus to deliver my first drum set. Real free delivery on old Columbus Road. We owned a record player with different kinds of records. Carolyn, my mom, loved all kinds of popular vocal and instrumental music, including jazz and big band. At a young age, I was exposed to the music of Benny Goodman, Hank Williams, Harry James, the Dorsey Brothers, Nat King Cole, Dinah Washington, Tennessee Ernie Ford, Conway Twitty, and the Andrews Sisters. As a child my age, mom sang in minstrel shows with grandma. That's different. I liked everything I heard on the radio or records. We had a record of How High the Moon by Les Paul and Mary Ford. I knew there was something very different about it. It sounded futuristic. I had a similar experience hearing Stravinsky for the first time. I eventually learned about multi-track recording created by Les Paul. Elvis mania. Though Elvis was the teenage sensation, I didn't hear or see much of it. I watched as the older kids were caught up in the 50s fashion trend. The black leather jackets, slick back ducktails, and James Dean attitude. I was just an eight-year-old kid out in the cornfields of Ohio. The piano. There was a relative's farmhouse that our family went to a couple times. They had an upright piano, but no one ever played it while I was there. I would sneak off into the parlor room and quietly tap on the pedals, scrape the exposed strings, listening as they vibrated. Once, while staying at my grandma's house in Florida, she played for me. I'd heard about her early years as a professional honky-tonk stride piano player. Her arthritis must not have bothered her that day. She even read from some sheet music she had on her old spinning piano. She sounded like Fats Waller. I'm sorry I didn't understand what I was hearing. Maybe she only played when she was alone. Allskate. The only time I heard a real live musician was at the Springfield Roller Skating Rink. An organist played in a glass enclosed booth above the rink. He played a variety of styles, rumbas, cha-cha-chas, polkas, and the all-time roller rink crowd pleaser, the waltz. He even played popular rock and roll songs. Hearing Elvis, Chuck Berry, and Jerry Lee with organ was kind of corny, but effective. He dictated the tempos and most would skate along in parallel rhythmic unison. There was a top 40 record called The Happy Organ, by Dave Baby Cortez. The organist played it several times a night. Just say yes. 
The closest I came to playing a set was when I was eight years old. A school friend's brother had a kit. I nervously anticipated a chance to play a real drum set. After my friend and his brother played, the parents applauded. When asked if I wanted to turn, I froze up. Too shy to play with the grown-ups watching. I felt horrible about not playing. It would be seven more years before I got another chance to play a drum set. Television. Though television was still new technology, we owned one. A black and white set bought from our TV repairman, neighbor up the road. Teddy, my dad, had installed a motorized antenna on our A-shaped roof. I liked the variety shows that had music. Name that tune, Jack Parr, Ted MacHour, Steve Allen, Leonard Bernstein's Young People's Concerts, Red Skelton, and your hip parade. Bang, blink, crash, boom. I saw Spike Jones band on television several times. People always laughed at their act. I enjoyed all the percussion and voice sounds. I didn't think of it as avant-garde. It was just interesting. I also enjoyed the TV music from cartoons and live television shows. It was funny to hear drummers playing rim shots and stingers during comedy acts and skits. The audience would laugh, and sometimes the host would glance off camera. I knew he was looking at the drummer. Smiling Bob on WBLY. There was a morning show hosted by Smiling Bob on WBLY in Springfield. He played current Top 40 records and took calls from listeners. He also announced school closings when there was too much snow for school buses. I can look at a Billboard Top 100 list of tunes from the late 50s and remember hearing them on the radio. That Halloween, 1958, Smiling Bob hosted a downtown costume party. The top three contestants would win a prize. My mom made me up to look like a Bendix clothes dryer. She used a big cardboard box. I was completely hidden inside it. She placed erector set parts on the big box to look like knobs and dials. Mom made up our neighbor friend, Johnny Easterday, to look like an old washwoman. When it came time for the judges to pick the winners, they thought I was a robot instead of a dryer. They didn't recognize the washwoman. I won first prize. Smiling Bob asked me my name as he said congratulations over the microphone to the audience. It was a live radio broadcast. From the available prizes, I chose a cool new portable record player. Smiling Bob gave me his autographed photo and a couple of 45 records for my new turntable. I took my new record player to my third grade class show and tell. Smiling Bob had given me a copy of Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly. He had a very cool drum beat 
that I could bongo drum along with on the table with the record in my classroom. Purple People Eaters. We all laughed that the judges thought I was a robot. There was much interest in science fiction, UFOs, and space invaders at the time, 1958. A popular song on the radio was The Purple People Eater. Wright-Patterson Field was close to Springfield. It's known among those involved with UFO conspiracy theories as the home of Project Blue Book and its connection with the Roswell UFO incident of July 1947. February 3rd, 1959. Smiling Bob was always on our radio as I got ready to catch the bus for Reed Elementary School. I was listening to a show that cold morning, February 3rd, 1959, when he announced the news about Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and JP, the Big Bopper, Richardson. May, 1959. After the unexpected death of my father, we moved from Springfield, Ohio, to Florida. <laughs> 